It's spring game week, and the Florida Gators have a few position battles that could be decided in this game. We'll talk about them here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work, full nine sports, Giants country, NFL 33. And like I said, we're talking about position battles, which means, yeah, we're talking QB again, because I don't know if you know this, but Florida Gators are in the middle of a quarterback battle. and quarterback is kind of an important position in football which is why it needs to be talked about over and over again because this is i mean kind of deciding what this team is going to do this year what this team is going to look like offensively and obviously quarterback will in turn have an impact on how many wins this gators team gets which i know i i don't know about all of you but i know me I want to see that win, so we'll see more than six wins hopefully this year, but the main guys to talk about are, of course, Graham Mertz and Jack Miller the third. and I spoke about this yesterday where I said, hey, you know, the rumor or what I've heard, not even rumor, what I've heard is that Jack Miller the third has turned this quarterback battle into a quarterback war to determine the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators in 2023. Will that be Graham Mertz or Jack Miller? Well, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of differences there. Will it be Max Brown? Who knows? But what we do know is that Graham Mertz is the experienced option. Both of these guys transferred in from Big Ten schools, but Graham Mertz transferred in as a three-year starter with the Wisconsin Badgers, whereas Jack Miller the third, not so much. He was someone who only played in complete blowout garbage time territory, and then, of course, he got his first start of his career in the Las Vegas Bowl against uh, against Oregon State. And, well, that didn't go great, right? And I know that a lot of Florida Gators fans watched that game and they kind of saw it and they were like, well, I'm out on Jack Miller III. And while that's an understandable response, I think that we acknowledge it's also not a fair response. And I'm not pulling for either one. I'll tell you now, actually. My preference for who starts at quarterback for the Florida Gators at this point in time. Obviously, spring game will give us the biggest sample size that we've had all spring, so that could change, and it's probably going to be the most weight. But right now, I'm going with Graham Mertz. That would be my preference as to who starts. And I am not firmly in Graham Mertz camp. No, um, I'm not firmly in either camp. I am firmly in the only camp that says... I don't necessarily care who's the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators, uh, as long as it's the guy that gives Florida the best chance to win. I think we agree on that. Um, I think most Gators fans would agree on that, where it's like, well, I don't necessarily care who it is, as long as Florida has a guy that's giving them the best chance to win games, so be it. Again, I've said, I don't care if it's Graham Mertz, I don't care if it's Jack Miller, I don't care if it's Max Brown, I don't care if it's Parker Lisey. Whoever you think is the guy that's going to lead you to at least seven wins this year, 
because the goal every year is to improve, right? Whether that's one win to two wins, whether that's six wins to seven wins, the goal every year is to improve. So if that's the guy that's going to lead you to seven wins this year, start him. And I think that we talk about Graham Mertz and Jack Miller as just these two individual entities going against each other. But we also have to acknowledge that a big part of that is replacing Anthony Richardson. Like, yeah, I understand I am probably the main Florida Gators person that said, hey, he's incredible. We're never going to see his potential in Gainesville. He's got all the tools to be amazing, but he's wildly inconsistent. And I, I, I think I've done a good job of praising him and also acknowledging that he's got a lot of work to do as an NFL prospect and as a quarterback. But he does have that one-of-one that one athleticism. I've talked about it where... Anthony Richardson had a 10.00 relative athletic score. That means from all of the quarterbacks dating back to, I believe, 1987, Anthony Richardson has um, the biggest athletic profile that we've seen. He's setting records for broad jump, vertical. He did all that. You don't have that in the roster, in the quarterback room, if you're the Florida Gators, if you're Billy Napier. You've got to figure out, okay, this offense is going to change from this year, from last year to this year. What are going to be the changes? What what will we see that really changes? Because you've got to replace the most athletic quarterback that's ever been in the NFL combine. That's what you're replacing. How do you do that? Whether that's Graham Mertz or Jack Miller or Max Brown or Parker Lisey or Michael Leone or Jordan Guile or anybody Help if that's Caleb Douglas moving back to QB, if that's Hayden Nancy moving back to QB, then so be it. But with this battle, I mean, the spring game will, I think, play the largest part in public perception of who wins this quarterback battle. The coaching staff gets to see these guys for hours, basically every day. So it might not carry over the same way. It might not carry the same weight to them. But to us, it will matter a lot. And... I mean, Graham Mertz, Jack Miller, both got to bring their A game because, again, this is the best opportunity. This is the best tryout that you're going to get. Because, again, we've seen scrimmages, we've seen these spring practices, and the coaching staff has seen that, and the coaching staff has a large body of work. But this is the time where you're going to see the closest to game situation that you're going to get. That's not week one against Utah on August 31st. So this is going to be the biggest game, the biggest battle. That's why you got to talk about it again, because the spring game is going to make or break this quarterback battle, most likely. So Graham Mertz, Jack Miller, buckle up, because it's going to be one hell of a game, one hell of an offensive showing from both of them. Whether it's good or bad, you've got to bring your A game, and I can't wait. But another thing that we need to talk about is who's going to protect these guys, right? We'll talk about the right tackle battle in just a second. But first, today's episode of Locked on Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And I want you to know that I've started betting no-run first innings. I started doing that. Uh, And yesterday, I went two for three. I had Marlins and Phillies, no runs in the first inning. I had Prodigies and Mets, no runs in the first inning. I had Houston Astros against Pittsburgh Pirates, and I thought it was stupid when I did it, and it ended up being stupid because 
Of course, the Astros scored in the first inning against the Pirates, because why wouldn't they? But profit. So that, that's what matters, right? That's what matters. Go to FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And right tackle is a battle that is probably not talked about enough from the Florida Gators perspective where you've got a couple of people, we'll say, battling for it. You've got Keonta Goodwin, who just transferred in from Kentucky. And you've got Damian George, who just transferred in from Alabama. And those are your two main guys battling for right tackle. Austin Barber played there last year, but he's your left tackle this year because that's generally where you want to put your most important tackle. Also important to note that uh, Florida, while they will be active in the transfer portal, they're probably going to be especially active on the offensive line in the transfer portal because you've still got the Micah Mazuka situation, whether that's injury that's going to carry over into the season and will he ultimately decide the portal? We'll find out. But David Connor, offensive tackle, is no longer with the team. He is hitting the transfer portal, according to Zach Goodall. And, yeah, that that thins it out a little bit at right tackle. But I And I know that talking about offensive tackle, not a sexy, not a sexy position to talk about, right? But it's incredibly important in this offense. Both tackle spots are incredibly important in this offense. Both guard spots are more important than they are in most other offenses. And center is more important than it is in most offense. This is an offense that needs to have an offensive line that can consistently move and operate as run blockers, but also be reliable pass protectors. So I I think that that's why it's weird to me that I feel like right tackle has been overlooked or most of the battles on the offensive line have been overlooked. You know, even center, we've got Jake Slaughter battling with Kingsley Aguakin, which if you know me, you know who I'm pulling for in that one. But um, you've got Keonta Goodwin from Kentucky at six foot eight, 353 pounds. You've got Damian George from Alabama at six foot six, 369 pounds. This is, I, I guess, pretty similar actually to at quarterback Grammert versus Jack Miller, where You've got the experienced multi-year guy in Damian George, who's the grammar to this situation. And you've got the inexperienced but younger option in Keonta Goodwin with obviously Kentucky's transfer, who was a top tackle in his class in just 2022. So Keonta Goodwin versus Damian George, except if you're asking me, I think I'd prefer Keonta Goodwin here. Not mm, screw it. Not think. I'd prefer Keonta Goodwin here. We'll see what the spring game does, especially for offensive line, because when you're not, obviously, there's very limited availability for practice stuff. So when you're not watching these actual reps, you don't see much from the offensive line. Like, like we can see QB and we can have an opinion of QB based on what we've just seen in these limited reps. Offensive line, you really don't see much at all. So Keonta Goodwin, Damian George, I'd prefer Keonta Goodwin. 
that's my preference. And it's also important to note that while we talk about left tackle, as like, you're the blind side protector. You're the most valuable offensive lineman. You're going up against the opposing team's best pass rusher. That's not necessarily the case anymore. It's 2023. Both tackle spots matter a ton because every good team has three or four good pass rushers, usually two on the edge and one on the interior. So you're not going against these nothing pass rushers anymore. You're going against elite pass rushers. Will Anderson spends a lot of time going against right tackles. So yeah, that's uh. That, that, that's something that you're going to see battling it out. And Keonta Goodwin versus Damian George is an important battle because, I mean, one of the reasons Keonta Goodwin left Kentucky was lack of playing time. If he loses the battle, does that change anything? Or is he like, okay, I've lost it this year, but I'm going to rotate in with Florida, which I think is a huge selling point if you're an offensive lineman that you're upset with your playing time elsewhere and you come to Gainesville, even if you don't start. Florida genuinely has like an eight-man rotation on the offensive line. So Keonta Goodman could be one of those rotational guys. But, and and also, even if you lose this year, if you're Keonta Goodman, next year you'll be right back in the thick of things, especially at your size. You are what this coaching staff wants. You're tall, you're heavy, you're big, and you're pretty athletic. So Keonta Goodman, that's kind of the main reason that I prefer that he does get the starting spot is you've got a young offensive lineman who was incredibly like a blue chip talent genuinely just last year. You've got him in your program on your offense and his ceiling is insane. You've got him multiple years. You've got him for at least two years capable of contributing to your team and being your stalwart, uh, your stalwart right tackle. And that's something that cannot be stressed enough. When you're looking at a team that you've just replaced two of your top three tackles, argue, I mean, not even arguably, I'm going to say your top two tackles, just in sheer terms of, of what they contributed. You lost Richard Garage and you've lost Michael Tarquin, one to the draft, one to the portal. Now you've got Keonta Goodwin that can step in and replace that. And then you've got, I want to say, at least two years of Austin Barber and Keonta Goodwin. Like, I know Austin Barber can leave after this year and go to the NFL. I don't think that happens unless he has an incredible season. So you've got Austin Barber, Keontae Goodman could hold down your, they can kind of bookend your offensive line for two years. Can't overlook that. And it's nothing against Damian George either, but Damian George is also one of those guys where you can watch him and say, you you could probably play guard a pretty, a pretty good bit. He's a similar size to Osiris Torrance. So you can look at Damian George and say, okay, you can probably play guard a bit. And that's a thing where, well, guess what? You need to improve along your offensive line as well. So you're improving along your offensive line. You got two guys battling it out for a starting spot. Boom. Just throw them both on the field, both on the right side, even if you want to do that. Michael Mazuka, when he's healthy, will be the left side. But Osiris Torrance is six foot five, 330 pounds. So Damian George is an inch taller and kind of significantly heavier, but point being the size wise that a lot of people say oh Cyrus Horn's big for a guard um Damian George big for a guard but still able to get it done so as long as he can operate from that spot wouldn't shock me if you see Keonta Goodwin at right tackle Damian George at right guard or if Damian George can't operate as a guard but Keonta Goodwin can wouldn't shock me to see Keonta Goodwin do that for a year although that's less likely given he's a massive human being 
Switching to the defensive side of the ball to wrap up today's show, three technique is another one where I know, again, we're talking about a position that generally isn't thought of as, as sexy, and there's multiple position battles that are going to be decided here. You could talk about linebacker, corner opposite Jason Marshall, both safety spots. You could talk about the three tech. You could talk about who's going to be playing defensive end. You could talk about who's going to be playing a ton of spots. Wide receiver opposite Xavier Henderson, because Ricky Pearsall is going to be in the slot. But three tech, I think, is probably the most important when we're talking about the success of this team right now, because you've got Princely Umanmielan on the outside. He's playing your jack this year. You've got probably Justice Boone as your defensive end this year that Princely played last year. But you're replacing your interior here because Cameron Jackson, the Memphis transfer who was all conference last year, it's looking like he's going to be your starting one technique, your starting nose tackle, zero technique, zero one usually pretty interchangeable there. Um, but Desmond Watson will likely be backing up Cameron Jackson. And it's not a knock on Desmond Watson. I realize that a lot of people are going to look at that as a negative where you go, oh, from starter to not starter. Well, they just brought in an all-conference player above you. So that's why it's not this big deal for a young guy to go back to being a backup, especially when he's going to rotate in. And honestly, Desmond Watson will probably be better coming off the bench because he's going to have fresher legs more consistently. So maybe that. And then you look at three technique and all of the names that are at least competing for this spot. You've got Chris McClellan, six foot three, 321 pounds, huge dude. You've got Caleb Banks, six foot six, 315 pounds, huge dude. Will Norman, six foot four, 282 pounds, smaller, but built like your modern three tech. Like he, he is the size that you're looking for in a modern three technique defensive tackle. So he's right there. But again, he's also a true freshman in the sec not super likely that you see those guys play early on right maybe rotate in but you don't usually see them play a ton which is fine then you've got jamari lines six foot four 309 pounds redshirt freshman again probably not going to play a ton this year but when you're looking at someone who's at least in the battle here you've, you've got to contribute all you've got to consider all possibilities you know you've got I mean, Chris McClellan, 6'3", 221, is thick. <laughs> like, thick. That's the only way to put it. Um, and, again, like he, he is a, another one that's a modern three technique where, I mean, Jalen Carter is like 6'3", 315 or something like that. So Chris McClellan, similar size, obviously not similar skill set very much, but similar size. Um, my preference is Chris McClellan. I've said this frequently. This is a slam dunk one for me. I understand what Caleb Banks brings to the table, especially with his ceiling and his potential and his athleticism. I understand what Will Norman can bring to the table. I understand what Jamari Lyons can bring to the table. But I know what Chris McClellan will bring to the table. You're bringing a relatively versatile defensive lineman in, in any way possible, really. You could talk about him versatile as or his versatility as he could play zero tech, one tech, three tech. He could probably line up at the five every now and then if you really want him to, and he could do that. So Chris McClellan, yep, can do all those things. You can talk about what he brings to the table versatile set wise where he goes, well, he's good at rushing the passer, and he's solid defending the run. You can talk about what he brings 
technique wise where he's got multiple pass rush moves, multiple block shedding moves that he tries to work in pretty consistently. That's what you're getting with Chris McClellan. You're getting someone who has all of the skill sets, who has all the tools, who knows how to do most of them, but yeah, he, he's battling for this spot. And I think that I'd say he's the favorite here. Either way, whether you're taking Chris McClellan, Caleb Banks, Will Norman, Jamari Lyons, if those are your options at three tech, either way, you're starting an inexperienced player, which is fine. It's not a negative. Inexperience doesn't mean negative. Inexperience could be okay. Like those mental lapses are going to hurt him a little bit, but you could also say, okay, well, we don't know what it's going to be. So maybe he's going to be a freak on the field. Maybe, but with Chris McClellan, you get inexperience with an insanely high ceiling. I think a solidly high floor and at least two years of eligibility as a starter. So that's why for me, it's Chris McClellan at three tech. That's just what I would look for. Like he is the prototypical three technique that I look for. So that's what I'm looking at. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football, more Florida Gators spring game. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports, Giants, Country, and NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.